Escape to summer with Victoria's Secrets just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the very sexy collection like the made-to-be-seen very sexy push-up bra in on-trend hues like green, citron, and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives swim collection inspired by Victoria's Secrets classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriassecret.com. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Not me, that is for sure. So get this, Nair. Yes, Nair, the OG has leveled up. They've got these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. I just used the coconut oil and vitamin E shower cream, and I seriously forgot I was in my own bathroom. It smelled like a spa. Plus, it's allergen-free, so it's gentle for your skin, and it worked in as little as three minutes, so no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasted days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals like phthalates and sulfates, so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And that's what you really missed with Jenna and Kevin, an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome to And That's What You Really Missed podcast. I'm Jenna. I'm Kevin. And Jenna, today we have a... Very, 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 very special guest. We have the man, the myth, the legend, the creator of it all, to be honest. Ian, we could not do it without him. Brennan. Ian, we could not do it without him. Brennan is his full, <laughs> his full birth name. Um, he sits down with us and buckle up, kids. It's a two-parter because Woo-hoo. let me tell you, Ian doesn't sit down for a lot of interviews and especially about Glee and... Once you turn that mouth on. It doesn't turn off. It's like Sue Sylvester's brain. Get ready. Yeah, and we are the better for it. So here we go. Without further ado, Ian Brennan. Hi, Ian. Hi. It's this good to see you. Good to see you guys. You're a parent of, to- of two. You're a parent of one. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I have to meet. I have to meet. I know, I know. We have to make them meet, the meeting of the minds. Yeah. Put all those um, babies together. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Actually, your kids, like, you're, not they're so toddlers, they're not babies. They're right. old now. Oh, mine are like full kids. Blaze yeah. yeah. almost seven. Jeez. Oh, no. Really uh, weird. I don't like that. That's I'm wild. I'm just an old lady at this point. <laughs> You've always been an old lady to me. No, that's true. I've always been an old lady at heart. You know what's crazy? I never realized this because I think it's like that thing when you're in seventh grade and the eighth graders seem at least a decade older than you. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about earlier today when we started Glee 
that you were so young. Yeah. <laughs> and because you were always my boss, like I always just imagined you were in some version of like at least late 30s, which I obviously couldn't have been, but you know. Yeah. I know, like, I was 30. I turned 30 right as the, right when I came out here with the, the, wow. wrote the I wrote the screenplay on his 27. And then, uh, yeah, was 30 when I came wow. out here. Isn't that crazy? What? That is it's, wild. You know, in that Prius. Yeah. That you wouldn't no. let go. A seafoam Prius? No, it was the, wasn't it the Camry before that? That was a shitty, it was, well, because I, I thought it was all going to disappear after a second. It was really, right. really like frugal. For sure. Um, we, for I remember time. you had like a dolphin colored Camry that you would, you, you really did hold on to for a very long time, probably longer than you should have, but you did. And it would be parked on the lot on Paramount yeah. with this beautiful lot. And one day I dr- I walked by and I was like, there's Ian's car. And there was a dead bee in the back. <laughs> and I think I left a note on the back. I think Amber and I wrote, time to get rid of this car. <laughs> it was probably like season four by then. It, yes, it yeah, was. Yeah. It was too late. It was years too late. I remember walking past the same area with Ian and asking you, like, why? Like, I don't know how much money you're making, but like, the show's doing well, and you're I certainly I know you're to get a new car. I know you could do all right. Like. For a while, one of my bumpers was like falling off, <laughs> and finally the transpo guys would offer to like, "Can I just accept, bro?" I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you must. That's why we love you. It's good to see you. We're so oh glad you're here. It's so great to be here. Thank you for oh having me. Oh my gosh. Let's start at the beginning. I would like to talk about that time when you were 26 years old or 28 years old when you wrote that screenplay for Glee that was yeah. meant to be a movie. Yeah. What, um, talk us through like from the beginning, how that happened. Well, yeah. So I was in show choir in high school, obviously, but ironically, <laughs> like I hated it. Like I did not, I did not enjoy, show, I still have anxiety dreams about show choir. If no. I have an anxiety dream, it's about show choir. It's the actor, <laughs> player, but it's usually like song and dance and I don't know the choreography. It's just weird. I always found show choir really weird. I was like, why, what is this thing? It exists nowhere after high school, really. Right. Except like on cruise ships. Right. And like, and, and, and like the, the chorus line of a musical, if it was, on Broadway before 1950, like just a very strange thing. Like I remember one time, like we spent a lot of time in show choir, like not learning how to tap dance, learning how to fake tap dance. Cause learning how to tap dance would be too hard. But when you're doing like, I think we were doing like steam heat or like anything goes, you had to learn how to fake. I can't do a time step. I can do a time step. Like the, the, the amount of time that that took, out of my life to like learn that shit anyway so i always had a thing about it and then when i was like an actor in new york i was sort of like cool okay i was not so cool but then i was like i couldn't couldn't like square the circle of like yeah but you're a show choir nerd and so i always found myself sort of apologizing for it and then uh <laughs> then it was in 2005 uh i was living in new york uh my girlfriend at the time had also been in show choir and news broke that my old show choir director was going to prison for inappropriate sexual conduct with a student. Oh, Stephen Tobolowsky. 
his character. <laughs> his character, <laughs> Kevin. His character. Yeah. Let's get that straight. Yeah, yeah. So, so wow. I was just, and I remember, I was just like, wow. Can't speak to the truth or falsehood, but I don't, I don't actually don't really know much about like what it went on there. It was just a weird thing to have like, you're like, wow. And then I like turned to my girlfriend Aubrey at the time, and she, I, she'd also been show choir. And she's like, oh, that happened at my school too, except it was an older teacher, oh, male teacher, male student, and they ran off together and they're still together and they're happily married. No. That fact that I was like, whoa. I was like, this, that's the first scene of a movie somehow. Like I was like, what? And then it just happened. It was like, why has nobody written about this thing? So I just sort of like had it in the back of my mind, just started jotting. I was not trained as a writer. I'd always written before, but I'd always try to write, write plays and stuff. And like plays, I found are hard for me to write. First of all, because plays have to be like important. Right. Whereas like TV and movies just have to be like good, you know, right. it be good, but it doesn't have to be, there's a, there's a whole onus on theater, or at least yeah. I felt. Yes. And then also I'm just really visual. I didn't realize that as a writer. Like I just like, I can see, yeah, see things in sort of sequences mm-hmm. visually. And then, uh, and also even the biggest theater nerd, which I like was like, I was a theater as we all were like, I was a theater mm-hmm. major my whole life was plays and stuff. But, but still, if you're like an American or like live in the Western world, you've still seen however many plays you've read, you've seen an order of magnitude more television or film. So, mm-hmm. it right. in it. so actually when I like started to write this thing, I was like, Oh, this is the first thing I've tried to write. That is easy to write. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it just came out. I like, uh, it was over the course of a month that I sort of like wrote it. I'd, re- I'd, I'd read enough screenplays that I'd known. I knew the format. It's pretty simple structure. It's 40 pages, 40 pages, 40 pages. Like it's, it's three acts. Yeah. yeah. So I like sat down and wrote it and then had it. And then I just had it. I just had this thing. It was very, very strange, very dry, very dark, very different from the show. Mm-hmm. More like virgin suicide. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was just a different shared, shared a tone shared a sensibility with the show, but otherwise um, almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I knew it was good. And it, it just like sat in a drawer, try to get my agent to read it. My agent at the time, my like legit agent, like, represented a lot of people from Chicago. I'm from Chicago and represented like Tracy Letts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, Oh, I'll give this to Mary and she'll, it will be off for the races. And that was sort of my, and then I gave it to her and she was like, Ooh, this is really dark. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, it's funny. It's not dark. It is, but it's not really, it's like funny. But so it just sort of like sat and then I would just give it to like actor friends of mine when it would come up, mm-hmm. but, but nobody really read it. It would, that was the development process. People were reading it and being like, oh, that's really funny and really good. Um, then then we, through a friend of a friend, this guy, Mike Novick, who ended up being a producer on the show, when it became a show, he uh, I, I just sort of knew him. He read it and he was like, oh, let me help you. Let me help you get this made. And I was sort of like, mm, okay. I'm like, I'm not <laughs> signing anything because like I, I did this, but if you want to help... Uh, right. it'd be great. Right. Then I was like off. So, and sort of fits and starts, but we got, got it into some rooms, a couple of but most people were sort of like, you know, that like open, that closed mouth yawn in a meeting when people are like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you're like, oh, it's just hard. People, 
I was like, oh, what is this kid doing in here? Um, <laughs> show choir? What's show that? choir? So, no, and the big thing was, the big thing everybody says is like, ah, nobody knows what show choir is. Oh. Like, literally, that was the thing. Like, ah, I just don't know that it's, people know what show choir is. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. It seems crazy now, but like, that's the sort of, that's the industry, though. That's everybody. People look for excuses to not yes. do stuff. They have to see it um, also. It's like once yeah, something yeah, is made and successful, no, then there's a billion copies of it. Well, now it's like, oh, right. the Glee, the Pitch Perfect, the thing, the musical. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But there's like no, it's very risky to say yes to something. There's no risk in saying no. Right. Uh, so anyway, then I was doing like, I was going through a horrible breakup in New York. I was doing a play. First time I'd done like regional theater. It was sort of like uh, in, in Louisville. It was at the Actress Theater of Louisville doing a play. It was a verbatim play about like evangelical Christians. And the thing about like even like verbatim plays that's based on like real interviews, it's impossible to learn the lines. <laughs> Like, like, like dialogue is easy to read because it's sort of like poetry, like has a rhythm, but like the way we actually, somebody try to memorize like the way I'm speaking right now, they would blow their heads off. Like it's not, it's like impossible to learn. It's the only time I was ever in a play where like closing night, I was still like cramming. Wow. Anyway, so it was like doing this play I didn't really enjoy. Lovely people, but it was just like, uh, it was the pissing, pissing snow, middle of winter. Mm in Louisville of all places. And I was like, right. what is my life? Like mm. what? And then get this phone call from, from Mike Novick being like, Hey, do you know who Ryan Murphy is? And I was like, Nope. And he's like, it's well, a good impression know? of Mike Novick's voice, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> then, then, then I was like, um, uh, he's like, well, do you, do you know Nip Tuck? And I was like, no, but everybody I know who talks about that show I think is smart. Mm. And, and he's like, oh, okay. Because like he goes to my gym and I was like, okay, stop. Uh, okay. And he's like, yeah, I want to try to get to him. I, he was in show choir. And I was like, well, but it's a movie. It's not TV. And he's like, just, just, just let me try. And I was like, yeah, okay. Knock yourself out. Right. That's all I get is from like <laughs> Ryan's office being like, Hey, when can you come out? He read it liked it i think partially and and it was like crucial there was this person in between that it wasn't me handing over this script that's what was mm -hmm. somebody was like hey my buddy has a script mm. that i think helped it was like crucial would not would not have have happened my god i don't speak anymore we had a bit mm. of a falling out although about just about money which is a trivial and whatever he's a lovely guy and i wish him well and he's great and the sh i think the show has done well by him etc but it was like, he was, it was really crucial. It was a really crucial yeah. part of it. And then, so yeah, so then went in and sat down. I still remember the day, like with, sat down with Ryan and Brad. They were like sitting across from me, right? I remember how they were. It was in the, this, the modular building at Paramount. Mm -hmm. um, I was, and this play was running in rep. So it was like, I had a couple days. Oh so I had to still go back and like do this show. So but like flying out to LA from Kentucky, like I don't know where I like connected through like, like Albuquerque. I don't know. But then like right. walked in and then we just, it was just like click. Like mm. it just clicked. I just remember like howling. We were just like howling with the Ryan was just like, uh, he was like, ah, He's like, I love the script. Love your voice. He's like, I think you'll have trouble making the, getting this made as a film. He's like a, a, a film that also 
sort of bore similarities, but it was a movie called Charlie Bartlett, sort of set in high school, sort of mm-hmm. dark, it just mm-hmm. bombed. Yeah. Like, not gonna. And I was like, oh, that's right. He's like, I want to do this as, as a TV show, um, sort of like the tone of election. Just referenced all these things. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, that's it. I also knew taking a meeting, mm-hmm. I was like, you take this meeting. This is a yes. Like you're not, you're, you're going on this ride. Like this is you're you've been on a surfboard for a while. A wave is coming. Like you're going to stand up on the wave and ride it. You know, no yeah, matter like, what. Oh, somebody is interested. Absolutely. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I did just didn't have any, you know, it could have been like, I could have been like, no. And then like another show called like choir is on, you know, is right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> which would be illegal or whatever. And I, but, but I was just like, I was like, okay, this is going to happen. And then, and then, then at the end of the meeting, Ryan was like, so, uh, so anyway, so I think that's like what we should do. Uh, I talked to Dana. It sort of already has a green light. Uh, so just figure out if you want to like do it. And then like stumbled out of the room. I was like, what just happened? Went back, finished this. Like, I mean, it was the most wonderful day of this play that I hated. Like I'm getting the hell out of here. (laughs) And then never went back to New York, flew back to, flew to LA. That would have been in like, it was right when I turned, it was like right then I turned 30. And then it was like by, that would have been in around this time of year uh, in 2008 then by June, we had written uh, the first draft of the pilot. It got like a green light in 24 hours. And then it was just like, and then it cut to a year. It was that fall, that summer we were casting you guys. Yeah, I, I auditioned in July. Still, as I describe it, it sounds like a prank. It sounds like right. I'm living in an elaborate simulation. Like it's very <laughs> weird. And it's a very weird um thing because it's like man you run that we run that simulation a thousand more times that never happens like it's such a thousand yard pot it's such a weird hollywood story um that in a lot of ways i think i've had some there was throughout was sort of this sense of like i mean i think anybody who can sort of like i mean you guys understand this as well like when you it's like when you kind of like make it there's a there's some like survivor's guilt involved because you're like well why me like this is so so much of this industry is 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 so random that mm-hmm. when like the sort of the finger of fate like points at you it is a, it is a weird feeling to look back on it you're like yeah. that's such a crazy crazy set of circumstances I cannot believe that happened and then it was like we were and then it was just like being shot out of a cannon literally and it probably felt more that way for you guys i was always like insulated by and still am of like <laughs> anonymity you know like i don't get bothered ever and even as big as the show got never got bothered so <laughs> it's I all of, your I fault able, you know seriously yeah. but it would be like i would it's a it's a weird um <laughs> It was such a weird, I felt it was weird for me, like being shot out of a cannon. I cannot imagine what it was like for like 19-year-old Chris Colfer right, right. to be a gay icon before he was out of the closet. You know, just like cra- crazy shit like that. It's just like, it's it's remarkable that, I mean, you guys in particular, but anybody like sort of kept their head straight throughout all of that. that Truly. That, anybody's like remotely normal on the other end of just a very very strange i mean barely we're hanging by barely. a thread yeah, but, yeah. you know we're yeah, yeah. Just, you know i'm always That's on the right. the 
the you know, border of being a monster, but I'm just trying to rein it in at all times. <laughs> Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection in on-trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini, rewind to the future with the VS Archives swim collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage from full to cheeky to minimal, now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape Fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriassecret.com. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Was your screenplay a musical? No, uh, no, no. They had their musical numbers. It did not. I mean, well, this is the other thing. It was the thing that we had said we were going to do when the show was pitched. It was like one of the things, and it was a bug that Kevin Riley, who was the head of Fox at the time, mm-hmm. had that he was like, nobody breaks out in a song. And we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody breaks out in a song. I think I'm remembering this right. <laughs> Uh, and then like episode two like, <laughs> yeah. that was song. also a talking point we got I remember from like the PR at Fox we're like 
you know, make sure you focus on saying this is not a high yeah, school musical. That's right. We only do it in appropriate venues, like when we're That's in right. the choir room in rehearsal settings. Which we then, did, which we did in the pilot. And yeah. then after one episode of that, you're like, oh, we kind of run out of ways. And then you there's the one time that everybody can do karaoke. And then you're like, oh yeah, we need to. And actually it then opens up the whole show. It then then you are a musical. And what was so great about the show and what continues to be good about it is that a musical can achieve different things because it is mm-hmm. heightened and it's doing this other thing. The emotions of it can get bigger. It's mm-hmm. like, I, I, you know, it's, it, there were not every episode, I would say that like, and I'm always hard on the show looking back on it, but it's like, there would be a good half of third, third of the episodes of the show where there's at some moment where watching them hair stands up on the back of your neck yeah that just happen oh, yeah. any other yeah. show it's oh, not yeah. possible it's like a thing that musicals can do what are you so hard on the show about on yourself about the show well it's really funny i noticed this did it yesterday anytime it comes up when everybody's like oh i love because a lot of people are like my daughter is like getting into it and i <laughs> love watching it with her and it is so good and then I'm always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is what I usually end up, I end up apologizing for it. It's really mm-hmm. weird. I'm like, oh yeah, it's like really good. That first like season, first 13 episodes is the best 13 episodes that's like ever been put to yeah. film. It got so big. The second season was hard or, or it was like, it, it then just got really, really big. Then, then, and we, then Corey died. The whole thing changed. I don't remember. There's whole sections I don't remember. I didn't remember that Billy Eilish's brother was on the show. Had yep. to be reminded of this. Yep. Didn't remember. And yep. then I'm sort of like, so it was sort of like, then the show was hard and and weird, and it suddenly wasn't in a high school anymore. It was like it was really weird. And then at the but then at the at the the end. <laughs> Yes. Like by season six, then it was like, well, once we saw the end, then this last season is like so wildly funny and that it's like, well, and then it was like, so it's really, and then the person I'm talking to is usually like staring at me. Like they they just wanted, they just said like, oh, I like your show. And I go up on some weird 10 minute, like Romana Clef, like a hero's (laughs) journey of like, I don't know why I feel the need to like take everybody on that roller coaster, but that's no, that's very good to hear. I similarly do that. I think we all do. We're like, I apologize. My whole little shtick is like, oh God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, well, you're like, no, it's so good. I'm like, the first three seasons. But that's the thing is nobody knows. Every time I'll be like, so they're like, wait, so there were seasons that weren't good. And then I was like, oh yeah. And they're like, oh, I don't know. Oh, yep. okay. nobody. That's not anybody's experience. That's like no. Our and well, and it's also like a blackout, like the, where you have also you don't really remember. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. People are like, "Do you remember when this character did this?" I'm like, "Is that yeah. after season two or three? Yeah. Like, yeah, season mid season four. I'm like, yeah. check out. Yeah. Could, we could have been on Grey's Anatomy. I wouldn't know. If you look back at it, it's like that. It's all very good. It's like I'm very. It's a weird thing. I. It's all it mostly holds up there yeah. are some turds in there there are some that like you want to like rent out an end card at the end that's sort of like sorry like w- these are this is hard well like get you next time america yeah partially it was because here here's what i think it is for me 
the show popped out of nowhere was huge. It's very, it's unusual for a show, you know, Big Bang Theory was a huge hit, as big of a hit, probably, maybe less like cultural right. cachet or whatever. It didn't capture a moment in the way that, but, but nothing, nothing will anymore just because it's so like bifurcated the way people watch stuff. We can't agree on like what the weather is. We're definitely not going to agree on like what America's watching. You know, right. that, that time is over. But like, uh, but, you know, a show like Big Bang Theory, like, nobody knew it was on until season four. And right. then it, like, grows and grows, finds out what it is. This was the exact opposite. We were, like, mm-hmm. shot out of a can and then huge. Yeah. And then it's, like, we're after the Super Bowl in, like, what, who are the ad wizards that came up with that one? You know, and then it's, like, and then when you have, and it was all great. You know, then we're it's just doing, doing huge stuff. But when you have, like, when Gwyneth comes on, when Gwyneth Paltrow mm-hmm. is, is the substitute teacher, who killed it like is awesome like won an emmy for it she's amazing but once you once it's sort of heightened to that when like ricky martin's the spanish teacher right. the, the stakes of the show go up you kind of can't really go back right. it's not a small show anymore it's sort of like big mm-hmm. and then it's a musical and it's on itself enough that it can then comment on that right so much of my job on the show primarily my job was commenting on the show it was the right. show yes Myself. It's like all I did, half half of what I did, which is mostly through the character of Sue, through Jane. But it was all all commentary about the show, which I th- what I think made the show work because it just we could then do anything. You could have a really really saccharine, sweet thing, and then like cut it. You just be like, yes, but we know this is stupid because Showquare is stupid. You know, like that that was always the thing, and it made the show. That was like the frisson of the show. Anyway, then it was like, then the show was expensive to make. We were the last mm-hmm. show, I think, ever to shoot on film. Yeah. You know, this is not a cheap show. And we did not go cheap for anything <laughs> at all. No, we did like, not. Crazy, crazy budgets. And partly we could afford that by offsetting it with music sales. So then there was this push for, mm. which did more singles than Elvis, which right. is crazy like what drake Definitely. just recently beat us so there's that well Tra- finally finally <laughs> it took him this long yeah <laughs> to, to beat and us. then but it was like that yeah that 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 like so then instead of the show breaking old music you know essentially re repackaging journey for a different generation we were then sort right. of doing like itunes hits that or, or like top 40 hits that were already hits just the show changed it became yeah. a thing became aware of itself which is fine and was fun it just and it, in a way you had to do it you're not going to be able to go back from that mm-hmm. but in the context of that what was happening because it's a network show every Tuesday, you'd look at like TV by the numbers and you'd be like, mm-hmm. Oh, our ratings are going down. Yeah. You know, like, Oh, and every week you'd be like, Oh wait, they're going down. Mm-hmm. Wait. They're... So it was in this narrative in between my ears was like, Oh, the show's not as good anymore. Oh. What the real story is, is that like everybody's ratings were going down because like, how people watch television is changing. Now those ratings, even the Glee at its lowest would be like one of the highest rated shows on like I was thinking oh, that I saw something right. premiered this week and they're saying how many there's like five million viewers. I'm like, this <laughs> is totally. the top comedy. Totally. If yeah. something is a one, if something is a one in like 18 to 49, yeah. that, like 
uh, season, uh, you know, and it's great. And we were like aiming for like 3.5 to four. Yeah. Oh yeah, and at its height, I think one. I think the Super Bowl episode got like a. It was like a twenty, and it was huge around the world. There was it got a fifty. Sh- if I'm not making this up, a fifty share when it premiered in Australia, which means I believe yes. that I definitely half, that. half of all Australian televisions <laughs> when Glee first aired were watching Glee. Like it was huge. When you're talking about the music of it, where it can reach or do things that a normal, especially a comedy, can't do. Yeah. And the thing about Glee was because they sent us to Australia before the show even premiered in the U.S. because it was the pilot did as well there as it or even better than it did here, where even with cultural differences and especially in countries that didn't speak English as their first language, comedies, American comedies always have a harder time. You're always going to have your exceptions like Big Bang or Friends. But the music is played around the world and understood and sung along with regardless. People already knew the songs that we were doing. So that also yeah. gave the show this extra advantage to connect culturally mm-hmm. with all these different countries that also yeah. were not getting American programming um, as quickly as it did then with Glee. Because once yeah. the response came out, I remember Fox being like, okay, well, how do we, within 24 hours, it was airing in Australia yeah. from when it aired in the US. And then they did that with the UK as well and selling it to the biggest channel network in Brazil yeah. that fed 75% of Brazil. And you're like, this is this makes no sense because really I weird. had friends in Brazil were like we don't get American comedies like this right yeah. like no well, we weird. were a comedy were we a comedy after season two I don't know yeah yeah escape to summer with Victoria's Secret pack your bags with just arrived swim cover ups corset tops and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini, rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage from full to cheeky to minimal, now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape Fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent, dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriassecret.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, 
but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I have a question. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a question. I want to talk about Sue, Sue, Sue Sylvester for a second. Yeah, yeah. Was it always you that was writing Sue? How hard was it to write Sue for for you? Like, was she a, a hard to write, or just is it just your brain no, going? Totally it was just it. By and large, <laughs> he say whatever he wanted. Yeah, I would say about about ninety eight percent of her. That's probably. I think that's fair. Uh, wrote uh, over. Yeah. 95% of her stuff. Yeah. Um, although I think not in the pilot. Hmm. I think it was when we were shooting the show that it then shifted. Mm-hmm. And I forget, it was like from episode one, uh, from, from like showman's on. Okay. But no, super easy to write because it was always, it was, I I most my writing process is mostly listening. You sort of listen for a voice in your head, and then when you know the actor and the actor is good, you know that then becomes much easier. Mm. And Jane is so she just had it. She like had it, yeah. Um, and then so it was easy for me to have. But mm. then you can just and she can just sort of do it all, just like has it and can do so sort of those like arias. Um, but it was just you could sort of unleash your id a little bit and right. comment on anything stupid that I thought was happening in the show. You can just come, yeah. you just voice it and yeah. then you sort of like have your cake and eat it, eat so, it too. Jane oh, said that she would get like pages, uh, like mon- some of her monologues would be like pages with zero punctuation. <laughs> that It ended up that way. Didn't always start that way actually. And, and actually rereading <laughs> the stuff from the first um the first season it's very staccato and then i think it just got like you just have fun with it, and then you're just like oh it's on and on and on it's such that you're like oh that's that's hard to that would be hard to memorize <laughs> uh, but, but yeah no she it was always like it was always a joy and she's always, she's just when you just have a mind meld with somebody like mm-hmm. that it's just like you uh, yeah it just became such a uh, such a release and such a uh, such a joy and actually really unusual in television for like you to be sort of tasked with and allowed to sort of have one character to yourself mm-hmm. to be like no 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 that's mine 
That means you have to constantly do it, but it means like, oh, no, no, that's mine. Like nobody else touches this, Mm. which was a cool, cool feeling when this was a thing that sort of nominally like began as mine. And then you have to sort of like share it. It became Mm. something else that I think was very crucial for me that I was like, oh, no, there's parts of this that are like just mine. And that was, like I think, um, feeding for me. Did you have uh, how often or at all did like they make you rewrite any of Sue's (laughs) stuff? Like how far could you take it? Because if you look back now, it's a lot of it is very like Trumpy. It was absolutely crazy. Not do not think I did not have this thought when Donald J. Trump was elected. I literally was like, I don't think you get a Donald Trump with a (laughs) Sue's. Because there was a whole, there was a whole was thing like, about oh like, is God, it like I did this to us? Like who said <laughs> it? Because when you we it's did play the game fault. like that, like it could be Trump or it could be Sue, and you would who not said, know the yeah. difference. Yeah. No, I know, I know. Yeah, it's really scary. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I usually didn't. They, the, it was good for Fox, and it's also credit to Ryan, who will sort of just he he just swats away dumb feedback. Mm. and and stuff that if something if if something like that they he was pretty good about um just not do it anyway that sort of um censorship for lack of a better word um and then so they just sort of give up but also the i remember aaron rollins there there's the the bsnp the broadcast standards and practices people who are not only the censors they say like no we're actually saving you from the censors we're trying to make sure that everything that goes on air we don't get in trouble for so you're not censored so we're not the censors but they're kind of the censors but they right. uh, but pre-screeners right but really liked the show so it would always be like oh i'm trying they'd be like i want to we want to try to get stuff across one of the hardest things to get across in television is brand names <laughs> and when i'm writing jokes brand names come up a lot right like it's more fun to say like rozak than like an maoi inhibitor right like actually an maoi inhibitor is a good punchline that is but funny. like uh so that's sometimes always hard to to get across that that was um and some shows they just don't like guess we can't do it and you're like no 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 just do it. Like, wait for Pepsi Max to sue you. Like, right. right. Go for the joke. Lose the yeah. money later. Seriously, it's all about the joke. Yeah, that's what I always say. Lose, lose the friend, but don't lose the joke. That's right. That's exactly. You right. got to get it out. How stoked were you when they cast Jane? Like, were you? You must have been a Jane Lynch fan before, were you not? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she I wasn't mean. in the pilot. Um, yeah, right. It was like the first draft, and I remember seeing it happened it was a it was a notes call with like kevin riley and we were all in there and he's like love it love it love it uh i think you need an antagonist Mm -hmm. inside the show choir and then or inside the the high school and then i remember sort of ryan like leaning back in his chair and being like i think i got it i think it should be like a uh like a uh, cheerleading coach and I I think it should be Jane Lynch and it was just like that and then you're like oh right right and then like click. now the show doesn't seem that it wouldn't make sense without her but it was oh, like God. It yeah. would, uh, you really needed that but that was not our first hmm. instinct I think it was more because we were more there's not really uh, an election which is sort of like the 
the the lodestone for the tone of the show. There isn't really that person. Tracy right. is kind of the right the thing. So I think we and we had the adult story and the and Terry was sort of the thing, but he was he was completely right. It was like right. a very, very astute note. And then like the quickest turnaround of like a swish of a like answer to that note that I've ever seen. It like happened in and then like and then we stole her off of Party Down. Yeah. She right. was like uh she was in like second position on that show or whatever, it wasn't a series regular. So we were like, yoink, which yep. probably caused I think sort of caused that show to not come back. Thankfully now that it's just coming back. I know, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Jane will always have work. It's fine. Oh my god. Oh my She's god. always gonna it seems yeah. like also like from everything you're saying, the moment from when you, Brad, and Ryan met the first time to all these like the notes call and all these things, you guys had this chemistry yeah. to be able to turn out anything and everything really, really rapidly. Yeah. Such that we didn't hire a writing staff. Like we wrote, we wrote 46 straight episodes of TV. Which by the way, when you, I think when you were like giving yourself shit for looking back at the show, you were writing 22 episodes yeah. A year. And uh, I think yeah. when Ryan was on, he was talking about the difficulty of that. And I think we forget now that yeah. that was a thing. And yeah. it's like, okay, so what if you have a clunker or three in no. a season? Yeah. Which, by the way, the episodes that since Jim and I have been going back and watching this, the yeah. clunkers, the episodes we remember not liking, we really loved. Liked. <laughs> well, I know, There's only one in season one that I'm like, we could have. Which that's one it. is that? Funk. Funk. Uh, However, yeah, I will say you do a lot of commentary on that one within the episode and it is gold. Yeah. Everything is called out. And usually yeah. it's by Sue. It was by Jane or Naya. And yeah, yeah. it would just whip to Naya being like, why is this happening right now? And it was it was very good. So I did <laughs> well, love right. it. For there, was those whole, there were whole things that like at the time I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> and then watching it back, you're like, no, that's oh." totally funny yes <laughs> and it's certainly good for like free tv it costs yes. anybody zero dollars you know it's like what more do you need america yeah. like it was like really but again it's but it's america's not the problem it's me it's like my own it's being self-critical and and again part of this narrative that we were sort of lashed to like oh it's it's going down in quality which it mm-hmm. was evinced by just ratings and yeah. ratings were going down everywhere. And right. then it was also at the time when like criticism changed that like, that, that on like ger- entertainment journalism, if you want to call it that, like went online mostly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it the, and, and the internet, it, this podcast being the lone exception is just like <laughs> the sewer, like the actual human sewer. It's just like, <laughs> no, we're trash. Don't worry about that. Yeah. It's okay. No, but it's just like, there's just nothing good. I mean, the, it's online. Anything is like yeah. mostly like in, in the inside society's like awful brain. So it's totally. like, it was just, it's just a place where like snark ruled. And then it was sort of like, so you could just never win. You'd be like, right. even because you like love, like there'd be just articles that'd be like, here's why this episode. Sucks. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's so good, but here's why it sucks. But I love it, but it sucks, yes. but I love it. I'm just like what? So it was just it was that feedback loop. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pause. <laughs> Unreal. I mean, I feel like I've never heard his perspective ever, especially when like when we were working, we weren't 
necessarily asking those questions or did we know to be asking, you know, the questions of like, how is everyone doing? What was this like for you five years ago when we started this whole thing? This is blowing my mind and we're just getting into it. There's more. There is more. Next time. Yeah. And so far, that's what you really missed. See you back soon. Thanks for listening and follow us on Instagram at and that's what you really miss pod. Make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. See you next time. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.